0: Hey everybody welcome to trashy divorces trashy breakup edition with a super super special and exciting guest star this week we have with us stacy do you want to introduce our very famous very trashy guest that we are so excited to have here with us not trashy we are excited trashy
1: in the best way we are excited to welcome fortune themester to trashy divorces
2: What's up, you guys? To to discuss various things. To discuss all the
0: things. Welcome to Trashy Divorces.
2: Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: We are delighted to have you. We are excited because you're coming back to the motherland of the
2: South here pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm coming down to Georgia. Yeah, I'm going to Augusta and Atlanta for a bunch of shows. I'm excited. Yeah, you'll be in Augusta on the 10th and Atlanta on the 11th and 12th. Yep. Yeah, cool. I'm doing cool. uh, one show in Augusta and then four in Atlanta, which is crazy. Holy cool. cats. Yeah, this is a long time coming. I was supposed to start this tour March 14th of <laughs> 2020. What happened? Which- <laughs> this is a worldwide pandemic. No biggie. Yeah,
1: because um, you, uh, you had your Netflix special out in January of 2020. I'm sure you were primed for that year to be... Just an amazing (laughs) professional experience. We were very
2: excited. It was a long time coming. A lot of hard work had been put in. And, uh, you know, you you always want to make that leap from comedy club to theater. And we were about to make that big transition and all steam ahead. And, I mean, literally the night before I was supposed to leave, it was like everything shut down. Uh, So it was like I was like right there. But, you know, it, it happened how it happened. At least we got through this time and, uh, have been back on the road. And the beauty of it is we were going to do one show in Atlanta and now we're doing four. So the time helped, you know, people see my special and mm-hmm. get more acquainted with me. And, uh, it all, you know, it works out. Um, I have a whole new hour now and <laughs> new, new stuff to entertain people with. So that's good always fun
0: coming up with a new set. Hey, speaking of new sets though, during the time that maybe you weren't traveling, I understand that there's some congratulations in order. Congratulations
2: on your nuptials. I appreciate it. Yeah. We just went ahead and did it last October. We were like, do we want to wait, you know, to try to figure out a a wedding situation where You got to invite a bunch of guests. You don't know what the pandemic's doing. And we just, we're like, let's just do it. So it ended up being really perfect. Just us and a couple of friends and our families on Zoom and I wouldn't have changed a thing. So it it ended up being the best for us. Everybody has their own way of doing things. But for us, it's how we would, how it ended up being perfect. But I would have never done that had it not been for the pandemic. So exactly, you just have to. Shift with uh, whatever life is handing you, and it can hopefully work out for the best. Ain't that yeah. the truth?
0: It's yeah. all an adjustment. So again, congratulations. Thank we you. We were very excited from Trashy Divorces headquarters. We don't want to see y'all here.
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be there either. Only yeah. for only to to talk about good things and other people and about my shows. Yeah. that's right. Exa- that's yeah. exactly right. So you're coming down to Atlanta. For some
0: shows this weekend. So for our North Georgia folks, Atlanta, Augusta, you heard it here. We'll add the links where you can get tickets in, Mm
1: -hmm. but you know, I'm dying
0: to ask what's that when you, uh, you had a fun job out in California that just warms my trashy little heart. (laughs) You got your start as the,
2: uh, hot goss girl, (laughs) yes i was a an entertainment journalist for about six or seven years Hmm. when uh, i was in my 20s uh it was kind of my day job while i pursued comedy at night and it was a really cool job i got to go to all these events and movie premieres and the grammys the oscars the emmys Uh, I interviewed every celebrity known to man at the time and a lot of writers and directors. So for someone like me who is, you know, pursuing the entertainment world, I got to really accumulate a lot of knowledge. We weren't as gossipy. I I just like the word hot goss. (laughs) We love hot goss. We love the hot goss. But I was always uh, the outlet I wrote for was more of like, tell me about this movie you made. What's your character? Mm -hmm. Like that kind of stuff. But at the movie premieres, you know, everyone's yelling out, like, who are you wearing? You know, they're always, it's all those same questions. Uh, so I found it hilarious that, uh, I was wearing a blue velour tracksuit from Forever 21 <laughs> with a giant pink cupcake on the back of it, asking Will Smith who he's wearing. Um, the irony was not lost on me at the time. It had to have been such a fun. <laughs> Fun way to really get in the scene. What
0: brought you out to California?
2: I was a um, personal assistant. You know, I just did that thing where you just come out here and do the, you know, do the jobs where you're running errands for people and trying to figure it out what, what your path is. And Were you always um, called to comedy? Uh, I was always intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I always wanted to do it, but I was um, scared <laughs> uh, because I didn't. You know, I was from a small town of 6,000 people. I didn't have any um opportunities to do comedy. And I would watch it a lot, though. I was obsessed with SNL. And I was always, like, memorizing the sketches and then performing it for my, like, sports teams on the week, you know, during practice and stuff. And uh I just didn't think you could make a living at it. And in college, I remember seeing um an improv group perform. And being really obsessed with, like, I was like, I people gotta do, do this. that. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I gotta do this. This is amazing. They are like, there's a free class. I'm like, oh my God. I was like 18. I was like, oh my God. This is so cool. It's like, I, it was like I had discovered the most fat, like wonderful thing ever. And I did the class, loved it, was ready to like ma- make my life an improv life. And they were like, and the class is, you know, $500 and i didn't have it i just like did not have 500 dollars, and neither did my parents so that was that so that you know so i didn't get to come back around to improv until like seven years later and even then i could barely afford it but i did it i was like i knew i'd rediscovered it and re fell in love with it and just did whatever i could to pay for the classes
1: seems to have yeah. paid off very well. As, yeah, it seems well. like you're doing
2: okay. <laughs> it's it's been a long journey. I mean, uh, you know, uh, some people have been following my career for the last like 11 years. Some have um just sort of discovered me and I'll listen, I'll take any of it. Uh, I've been in LA for 18 years and uh so it has not been a a recent thing of just starting comedy. So, uh, you know, it's 18 years a lot of hard work mm-hmm. and trying to get better at this to to make, you know, make it worth people's time to want to come see me. So I'm just really, I'm really truly grateful that people are buying tickets to these shows and want to hear
1: my stories. So I have a question. When you first moved to Hollywood, did you have any idea that you could end up in a 13 year long nightmare conservatorship? I mean, how have you avoided that for yourself? (laughs) Oh, like Britney? God bless her.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, I'm just so happy she is yeah. getting to be in charge of her own life now. You know, it's, uh, I get that she went through a period of time where she needed help. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but it's been a long time since then. And, you know, if you can make $40 million and pay a bunch of people, uh, you should be able to like go to a CVS at anytime you want and buy deodorant. You know, it's like crazy that she's been under such lock and key. But yeah, I mean, I've never, very few of us will ever experience that level of yeah. fame, though, you know, so it's True. hard to say. <laughs> Sweet Brittany spent the uh, weekend in Cabo. Mm, she had no a she cigarette
0: did. and a hot tub.
2: Cocktail, cigarette, hot yeah. tub.
0: It looked like a pretty good, just a regular, normal. Regular yeah. people having fun kind of weekend. Yeah.
2: Well, people go, you know, people were like, well, you know, what if she spends all her money? You go, it is hers to spend. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that don't make good choices with their money, but that's that comes with the territory of being an adult. Mm-hmm. You should see you the know? amount
0: of outfits she tries. Well, she does buy for our cat that our cat just is never going to wear.
2: <laughs> yeah, our, uh, our dog Biggie gets a lot of outfits put on him from my wife. <laughs> How does Biggie feel about outfits? He honestly is so chill. He's like, whatever. He'll wear them. It's it's our dog Maddie that, um, is isn't no. <laughs> it. I mean, she looks miserable <laughs> if she is in an outfit like that.
0: I'm, I'm Bless. Yeah. Hey, so I understand that you are a big uh, designing women fan.
2: Oh yeah, for who's sure. Who's
0: your Who's your favorite?
2: I mean, gosh. I mean, how it's how it's so. Those women are so special in their own. You know particular way their characters are so magical uh i mean i have a special place in my heart for mary joe obviously because uh of annie potts she played my mom in a uh a pilot i shot for abc oh, oh i didn't know that how cool yeah. yeah yeah so i got to know her a bit through that i haven't seen her in a while because you know you you do projects out here and go on with life and she's doing young Sheldon now. I'll text her every now and then, but I used to pick her brain all the time asking about uh, those days. And, you know, it was such a, I I love those shows back then that, you know, highlighted really strong women. Uh, Absolutely. And that that show had a lot of uh, progressive messages that you didn't see at the time, you know, which is why I think gay men were particularly obsessed (laughs) with designing women and (laughs) with Golden Girls because they were saying all the you know, more progressive things mm-hmm. than a lot of the other shows.
0: There's a lot of connecting fan bases in that Venn diagram.
2: Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. But also, I, I mean, how how special is Dixie Carter? I mean, mm-hmm. one of the kind. So good. Those monologues that she would do were freaking incredible. Yes. Now, did you
0: know, this is a little little trashy hot goss for you. She was such a staunch conservative and Republican. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Every time the producers made her do one of those rants, (laughs) or one of her really good Julia Sugarbaker, let me tell you.
2: Yeah. By the way, that's a great name, Julia Sugarbaker, right? (laughs) She. That's how she got to
0: sing. She's like, I will do this part of the script for you, but I get to sing. You need to work in a a vocal performance for me. So if you ever wonder where those vocal performances come Uh in. on the show every so
2: often that is her payoff for that particular script reading i wish i had known that i would have loved to have asked annie about that i think that's the truth that is what i have heard through my through your designing women through uh, my designing women fandom (laughs) i love it yeah i uh that's so funny i did hear from her that A lot of times the scripts were, you know, uh, Linda was writing them all. And so they would not get the final script to like, like they'd be, you know, the audience was in the stands waiting for them to start. They were waiting on the script and they would have to learn it in like 30 minutes. I mean, think about all that dialogue they had and they were like, last minute. That's how uh, talented all those women were. It was a very good cast. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you have a celebrity breakup or divorce that's near and dear to your heart? Are there any couples that you follow?
2: I was really, and this is an older one. I was really bummed when Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt broke up. That one, that one was a bummer for me. I thought they were such a cool couple. And, uh, you know, you've seen the respect they still have for each other, even Mm -hmm. after all that drama. Uh, they, you know, we saw them together on a Zoom like read, I think it was, where they said each other's name and like everyone went nuts. I mean, I think they just have such a special place in uh in uh pop culture history for our time, our generation as a the it couple. So that one, that one was a bummer. Yeah.
0: Are there any couples that you'd be broken hearted over if they broke up?
2: Hmm. i I mean you don't want to ever see goldie hahn and kurt no oh no oh that would be a uh they're just so fun and you they've been together forever and seem to genuinely like each other still that one would bum me out who else hmm you would the obamas you don't want them to break up they're an amazing couple no they're a favorite couple yeah that's a good couple I mean in general, I don't want to see anybody break up unless it's for the best. Right. <laughs> you know, you hope that the the couples can figure it out. And we're the podcaster when they don't. Yeah. I know. This is where <laughs> they come to lick their wounds.
0: <laughs> I'll bring up a story that made me giggle so much when I saw it. Yeah. You had talked about your eighteenth birthday party at Hooters.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I, I did, I ended up doing a, um, story about it in my special where, uh, I had talked about the, the setup was basically that my mom was newly divorced and she started dating men and her personality would kind of mimic whoever she was dating. And, uh, I had grown up going to Hooters my whole life. And uh, suddenly she was dating this new guy and I suggested Hooters and she's like, I have never <laughs> eaten at Hooters. And I oh, that always stuck with me my whole life. Like, Why would you was, lie, mom? <laughs> yeah, it was such a pivotal moment in my childhood. I think I was like, that would have been like when I was like 19 or something, 20 or something like that. And she's saying she's never eaten there. And I'm, and you feel like crazy. You're like, but we've been there m- <laughs> m- literally my whole life. And she's just like, Mm-mm. <laughs> like, you know, like you were just on an alternate universe right now. I, so the story I tell is like, I, y'all took me to Hooters for this big birthday. And I'd, I'd do this whole story about, uh, them. And this is a true story. That they pulled me up onto a bar stool in the middle of the restaurant and jumped around me like their boobies jumping up and down because <laughs> um, back then that was what they did to celebrate your birthday, and I was in the closet, so it was very uncomfortable to be looking down to see boobies flopping all around me and my whole family staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been, and so that, so I told that in my Netflix special. And so all these people keep showing up to my shows now in their own Hooters shirts, which is hilarious. (laughs) Um,
0: So I don't know if it's, I I would like to tell you that that's sort of a relatable thing. Yeah. The thing before, and I, this is kind of around the bend, Before we became professional podcasters, I've spent about 30 years in curriculum design and professional training for large corporations. And one of my gigs once upon a time was as a national training manager for Hooters.
1: Oh,
2: what did you, what did you train in? So
0: I created the content and curriculum for first, second, and third managers for Hooters girls for the back of the house. Yeah. Everything from how to write a profit and loss statement to doing your stock to how to cook and shake wings and clean your fry trap.
2: Oh, cooking. I would love to cook and shake wings. If we ever get to California, I'll give you all the secrets. Good. Oh, Their wings are good. It was such a different time back then. You know, mm -hmm. Hooters was like a, you know, considered kind of a naughty, like, oh, we're going to Hooters. This is scandalous. And now it's like we're so inundated with so much, like filth everywhere <laughs> that Hooters is like not is so tame in comparison to you know everyday life. The internet mm. is like full of stuff, so right, it's a, di- it's a different beast now. Now we um, always like
0: we train to make families feel welcome,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: I, to your story, it really it, it touched my heart. Cause you talked about standing on the stool and like, you're just level of uncomfortability because you were not out. Yeah. I think you called it like I'm in the Salem witch trials. Mm-hmm. I will literally tell you that in every store I've visited that scene happened with an uncomfortable gay kid every oh. single day. Oh my gosh. That I had to give some sensitivity training. I'm like, no, you got to look at their face. You don't stand anybody <laughs> on a stool. if
2: Yeah. Um, it ended up uh, being a fun story to like set up. And then later I was able to uh, pay off that Hooters story by telling my mom I was gay and her saying we're going to celebrate at Hooters. Mm-hmm. It's always fun when the trauma's processed. I mean, well, that's comedy, right? Uh, exactly it. Yeah. You know, if you were to look at my hour special, you know, it's a very personal special. I talk a lot about growing up and, not knowing who I was and trying to figure it out. I mean, at the core of that is pain. You know, there, it's all like none of that stuff was easy. Uh, at the time it was quite difficult. Um, but as a comedian, it's your job to, uh, work through that and then come out the other end of it and see the humor in it when you find the identifiable bits, like that part to me was very identifiable. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I know these kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bless these children. <laughs> but, but that's, but that my family, I don't know if it's a Southern thing or what, but my family's always had the ability to take something difficult and, uh, and laugh. And so that's, I think uh, the core of what my, um, point of view is I'm taking something that was, and not always, not every story was difficult, but, but, you know, taking some real life things and trying to let's laugh about this because it's, I see the humor in it.
0: Well, that's Dolly Parton and Still Magnolia's, right? Laughter through mm. tears is my, is my favorite emotion, which yeah. is got a lot of growing up gay in the South.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Are y'all from Georgia?
1: I'm from Alabama.
2: Alabama, okay.
1: I was an army brat and then spent like 10 years in Alabama and then came mm-hmm. here for college. Okay. So. But I was
2: just in Mobile mm. doing a show. I know that's for like pretty south down. Well, I didn't know what to expect. I had um, never been there and people are always like, why are you going to you know, such and such place? I'm like, I am Southern. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> and, uh. It was awesome. I mean, the mm-hmm. whole everybody that came was just like so we walked down the street and people were popping out of restaurants to say hi, and it was it was fantastic. I mean, so to get to be an out gay comedian and go to all these different places all over the country and and receive love like that—it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, I know when we were working on lining this up, I talked to
0: one of our Trash Pandas. That's what our listeners are called. Mm -hmm. who was so excited, you're going to talk to fortune. I've seen fortune three times. Every time she's been in my city, I've come to see her and she's fantastic every time. So I will tell the trash pandas for anybody in Georgia or anybody upcoming on your tour, definitely go see you high marks that I have heard from your
2: audiences. Oh, that's awesome. I'm coming back to the south January and February uh, to uh Richmond and Charlotte Ash- and Asheville and Durham. So I'm I'm popping in and out for a while.
1: Yeah, I was going to say things? it. It seems like you're really making up for the the lost <laughs> pandemic time. Like you're yeah. you've got a, a big schedule up ahead of you. I know every time I post dates,
2: everyone uh goes, "Ooh boy, uh get rest." <laughs> But, you know, that this is an unusual time because normally you do a tour, you can really uh, extend it out for, like, what, two years or something? So you're not, like, going crazy. But when you couldn't tour for, it was a whole year and a half we couldn't tour. That's a lot of lost time. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of time that you would have spent towards, you know, trying to create your next special. And that's what it is. The road is all about creating that next special, um, and also entertaining people, performing for people. And I didn't get to do it. So, uh, I'm smashing two years worth of a tour all into one year and it's, uh, it's trippies, but yeah, you, you're exhausted at times, but then you just come home, re regroup, refresh, take care of yourself and get back out there. Uh, cause it has been really great. I think people need to laugh more than ever. 100 percent every comic i've talked to has said the the reactions from crowds right now is unlike anything because people are just it's like a huge relief uh a, a, and or and a release uh when they go to these shows and they're just like the weight of this last you know year and a half is is shedding a little bit i know some folks in atlanta with tickets who
0: are yeah, woo, yeah. I'm super excited yeah, to see you this it, weekend
2: well, I love that and you know it's all about i know it's like some people aren't ready for for crowds which i get but you know i'm going to things with my wife and i were very hunkered down during the the pandemic but we're we're out in a, we're out again we've gotten our vaccines but you know i personally wear a mask it's all your personal choice every sure has different protocols and but you gotta you know do what's best for you so i say come where if you have a hesitation, wear a mask Mm -hmm. no issue with that. And, uh, and people definitely leave feeling a lot better. You can see, you can see just the anxiety start to, to fall off people as the, as we go. Um, so that's the best part of my job is just bringing joy again, because it was so dark for such for all of us, Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time.
0: Well, you are fantastic at bringing the joy. You have brought the joy to us today. Here yeah. on
2: the Trashy Breakups, midweek <laughs> edition of Trashy Divorces. I love it. I always love talking to uh, fellow Southerners and I especially love coming to the South to perform. Uh, it does, it does trip me out when people like see my tour lists and they rag on me for different, not Atlanta. And obviously, you know, th- this is a major city that I'm talking about. Like when I do like one offs in different uh-huh. places and. Like, why would you go to that place in this <laughs> tiny town in the south? I'm like, because they need it more uh-huh. than anything, you know. Like, yeah, I was from a small town, and that that kind of representation would have done a world of good for me. Uh, so probably like, would have
0: done a world of good for your
1: town, yeah, as right. well,
2: yeah, because you know you don't want to always be preaching to the choir, right? You certainly want to talk to people. Your people, but if you can also change minds and open hearts by just sharing your story, I mean, I think that's pretty powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, we are excited you're coming to town. You're going to be at center stage here Mm -hmm. in Atlanta and- at least some of the shows are already sold out. It, you may be all sold out now. I believe but, Sat both shows Saturday okay. are sold out other
2: than the, some resale tickets. Those okay. end up being a little pricier because people are trying to make money off of right. them, which is a bummer. But Sunday night, uh, the five o'clock show definitely has tickets available. Okay. Uh, the, the late one Sunday is very few left, but that five o'clock one on Sundays, uh, open and that one's gonna be good my mom's coming to all four shows <laughs> no so, uh yeah she has not been to any show yet on this tour and she's on my podcast a lot along with mm-hmm. my wife and uh i th- people are in for a treat because i i love performing in front of her because i usually tease her and they like to look at her face and see <laughs> her reactions
0: that is amazing we are not actually too far at all from center stage. So at some point over your weekend, now I know I need three. I'm going to be bringing you some Trashy Divorces gift bags. (laughs) Oh,
2: yeah. Nice. Slide them in
0: some totes and stickers and swag and stuff.
2: Well, thank you. That's sweet. Hey,
0: no, we'll make sure we're covering mom. I'm not about to make your mom angry.
2: (laughs) She loves a tote bag. (laughs) Not about to
0: make your wife angry. So we'll just triple everything up and I'll get those by this weekend. Awesome. I love
2: it. Atlanta and Augusta, folks
0: get tickets while they're still out there and about fortune thank
2: you so much thank you guys i for appreciate coming you uh, chatting with me and and spreading the word about the show it's been delightful we're thrilled to have you on oh well you guys it's, are the best it's been nice i will make sure
0: trashy tote bags land at center stage this weekend in atlanta for the three
1: of y'all and best of luck on Thank your tour.
2: You. I I really appreciate that. Thank you guys.
1: Yeah. And congratulations on finally being able to pick up where 2020 cut everything oof, off.
2: Oof. Yeah. We're,
1: we're going to be there so soon. That's mm-hmm. right. That's
2: right. We're
0: getting through it. Fortune, you want to sign us out for this week's episode of Trashy Divorces? Keep it trashy. That's exactly <laughs> it. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you on Sunday.